Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Kate Day. Kate is a freelancer providing voiceover audio editing and podcast support as KD Sound Design. With 12 years experience in radio broadcasting as a producer, she offers businesses a new option of marketing via podcasting and adds that extra polished finish to any project needing audio processing. And now, without further ado, here's Kate Day as she interviews Micah Louison. Take it away, Kate. Welcome back to the Leaders, Innovators, Big Ideas podcast. My name is Kate Day of KD Sound Designs. I am joined in the studio by Micah Louison, who is the founder of Home in a Bag. His journey into entrepreneurship began after he entered the idea into a business pitch competition. Thank you for joining me, Micah. Pleasure. Awesome. So pleasure. can you tell me a little bit about where you got inspiration for this? I was eight years old. And then around 4 p.m., hurricane started happening. Wow. Turned into a Category 5 hurricane. Wow. And then the next day, there was nothing left. I didn't go to school for six months after that. Oh, my God. Yeah, because um, about like 87, close to like 89% of our infrastructure was like literally just gone. <laughs> was, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, was, it was bad. Um, because of that. Moved to Canada, then a flood happened in Montreal. Oh my gosh. And a lot of people had to like just get up and just go, right? One event after the other. Yeah, of natural disasters. Yeah. Oh well, my that one was that, that one was man made. That right. was a man made tragedy. But still like should have thought. An act of God, I think, is right. typically what insurance companies call that. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. Somebody's trolling. Oh my goodness. You're just actually a bad luck charm, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe it was supposed to just have this seed planted in there like shelter is important. Right. So because of that, like it, it, I will never forget this. Yeah. I woke up and there was about three feet of water. And I'm just like, <gasps> All <laughs> like, right. Yeah, Start then, swimming. All my basically all my neighbors and hopefully not no appliances is plugged in so you don't get electrocuted. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Wow. And um, awesome. Because of that, yeah. Moved to Calgary from Montreal. Okay. And, um, and then the flood happened in Calgary. <laughs> yeah, but nothing happened to me. Just okay, like, good. <laughs> finally for once it was not a direct experience. Is, yeah. Yeah. So having that in my mind, Venture Quest took place where the opportunity to enter in an idea and you'll get $10,000. Okay. That was the elusive. Like, Amazing. Looking back on it, probably wouldn't have done it. Because it sounded <laughs> so like good. It's like. <laughs> it's too good to be true. Yeah. Eh? And it, it, in an odd way, it was better than ten grand. Good. Yeah. It was, so it, it just worth, opened the it, doors? It, yeah, it opened the doors in the sense of how grueling it is to actually make the startup. Right. And that just showed me that I love to do this. Right. Like, I started with Home in a Bag, and it was supposed to be more of a joke. Like, it's a home in a bag. <laughs> and then that was it. I, I didn't even expect a place in the competition. It was like, yeah, I was, I was more focused on kind of doing other stuff right but i i was eager to have something to do outside of the academic work right 
because I was more looking at how could we take a room like this, put a camera in it, and then allow it to climate control the environment so a plant can grow like really effective without the means of outside world. You're using an Arduino system to like just change the moisture, probably have some water like sprinkling here so you can like get that growing environment. But you're getting all the data from farmers who put it online and the stock market and you, you, you're taking all these intangible things and you're putting it. So I was focused on that, but then I wasn't really looking at it as a business. It right. was more just, hey, this is kind of cool. I want to build one. Let's do it. <laughs> but then I entered in Venture Quest and that one was about a business and I couldn't explain that model. Right. So I thought about shelter and then just like the phrase just kind of flashes in my mind, like home in a bag. I didn't know how it looked. I didn't know what it was, but I know that is what I was going to use. Yeah. You kind of <laughs> yeah. thought of the issue and was like, we need to find something to yeah. start yeah. to fix this. So yeah. then it was your journey to yeah. find it, what that thing right? is. Right, yeah. Here's the it. name of it, Home in a Bag. That's all. All We're right, just... how do I do this? So Pretty much. How did you do this? Like, what uh -huh. was the next step after you came up with the name? What happened next? Started talking about it a lot. Got really annoying to probably my close circle. Perfect. Because everything was about home in the bag. Like, home in the bag. I just went completely off the rocker. <laughs> like, Good. Yeah. And um, I found as I added to it, right. the imagination of others, because it, so, it was so like ambiguous. It's like, you don't right. really know what a home in the bag is. Right. That they started building on it. And then... About a week later, it turned into home in a bag is a portable sleeping bag slash tent that's built into a camping backpack. Amazing. That is a home that fits into a bag. Perfect. And then the still, it, it, it is constantly evolving, building itself Yeah. because we're using the customer discovery. So not taking it as what home in a bag means to me. Right. Can be different to what it means to you. Yeah. And to what it means to another person. And like all of these things is okay, so we have something in the brand, but then what do we have as a business? And that took about two years. I was like I'm a chill person. I don't I don't like to do a lot of high intensity stress work. I probably should do it for growth. <laughs> to just do like some like this is gonna be really hard. It's yeah. gonna need a lot of energy and yeah. you're just gonna have to do it. Yeah. I more like to relax. Take my time, process things slowly, but then entrepreneurial is just the complete opposite. Yeah, that's it's not, not a thing. No, I know from so, yeah. experience too. <laughs> yeah, um, but I love it. I actually I like the switch, and I was able to just going completely blind. And now we're thinking about sustainable shelters, and home in a bag is a two part solution. Of nice. right now, we're gonna give you a structure that resembles a space age teepee. Cool. And later, we're going to build a shelter or a home or a house that doesn't need our shelter. Yeah. Because we're looking at the past 20 years of stuff building, breaking in America. Right. Through the FEMA's Open Information Act, we can actually see the, the, the amount of damage that natural disasters has done to the infrastructure. Okay. And then we can render that information into, a, into an algorithm where it would build a structure to compensate for the next 10 years of predicted models. So we're using the modeling of weather patterns right. to make um, decisions on building infrastructures so they wouldn't go into a bag. So 
what's your background of like, do you have any environmental studies? I do now. <laughs> so you're kind of just learning everything now. on your own. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's really daunting and also yeah. really exciting. And yeah. you should be really proud of yourself. Yeah. feels like a comic book, to be honest with you. Amazing. Yeah, cause every, every time you have a comic book slash um, RPG game. Yeah. So... I've noticed you, you're only going to get rewarded to the effort that you're putting into it. Right. Because there's some days you're just tired, you don't want to go outside. But then you do, and you go to that one meetup event that has that one person in there that meets that other person. And then a week later, you're connecting, and now you're in a situation where you're looking at life completely different. But had you stayed home, that door would never open, that thread would never get pulled, and where you're at right now, it would never be taking place. Like I wouldn't be talking to you right no, now totally if true. I didn't continue chip away and chip away and chip away. Yeah, it's like that snowball or butterfly effect. Yeah, right? that's, yeah. that stuff is so real, yeah. and it is making me a a better person. Cause I I looked at it a lot as entrepreneurs, all about networking. But what is networking? Yeah, it's like it's a little transactional, but. If you do it a different way, then yeah, it's actually it's, not. Yeah, it's, and you're it's, actually getting ideas for your business. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and I think it could be a selfless act. Yeah. Because instead instead of going into a network for I'm trying to gain something out of it, you can go like, maybe I don't know what I need. And maybe I can be open-minded that mm -hmm. what I need will come to me. Yeah. And, and looking at it from the perspective of, okay, maybe all I need to do is show up mm -hmm. and present the passion that I already have for it. And maybe somebody, might not be for everybody, but maybe that one person will be as passionate as me. And then we can we can build this whole thing together. And that's literally what's been happening for, oh, it's gonna be three years in October. Wow. Yeah, October 4th is gonna be three years. Congratulations. Yeah, sweet. I know that you've met quite a few people. I've talked to Ed, yeah. Ed McNabb. Could not speak any higher of you. Yeah, I swear to God. Printing homes. He's a, he's a, your number one fan, I think. Wow. So, uh, how does that feel? Uh, that's what I, when before we started the podcast, like, it feels like a commodity because the brand is really good. Yeah. And as a result of that, I get to be the home and a bad guy for the rest of my life. Like we had a CTV story uh, in 2018. Okay. And. <laughs> Three months after it, anytime I would take one of our shelters out, someone on the train will go, you're the home in a bag. <laughs> like, it, was, it was so surreal. surreal. It was so surreal. And I, I appreciate being known for that because it, it could be known for a lot of things. Yeah. Being known for that is... Like, it sounds a little childish, like, oh, it's the home of the bad guy. It's like, it's like, it sounds doesn't matter. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you can get me on a Walmart shelf, like, right next to Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We were just talking about how you're a superhero. Yeah, exactly. Off, off mic and on. It's perfect. Synergies. <laughs> We've talked a lot about the idea behind a home in a bag. Yeah. Tell me exactly, like, what it is. Who it, who's it for? What What's exciting about it? Okay, so the business has a shelter yeah. that essentially takes the features of a teepee. And that's in the sense of the, like, you know, the, the poles of a teepee? Yeah. So the materials and all the gear is inside of the poles because they're hollow. <gasps> and then once, once you pitch the poles, you then use the hollow thing to just open it up, open it all up. 
Yeah. So it, it has it has a membrane inside of it that can stretch out. So it causes it to. So just imagine that. So like a little stand. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So you see those stands how they yeah, have the, like the rainforest stands. Yeah. It's, banner bugs. It's just like that. And then with that, because of the hollowness, we can put a bunch of communications gear in there. We can put tech in there. That's where the um the the micro projector is. It's in it's in one of those stilts and then you just kind of pull it outwards and uh, it starts projecting itself off your So phone. you can be sitting in the mountain, yeah, having a great time listening to the loons or crickets or whatever. Yeah. And then you can turn oh, on I the Rainforest Podcast. I wanna watch Netflix. I wanna yeah. listen to my podcast. Yeah. This is the best moment of my life. Yeah. Because <laughs> the com- the computer that we're using is your is your smartphone. We're just providing right. the data to your phone. And it's just projector so yeah tired of looking at trees cool here yeah watch this. And you can, yeah <laughs> that's that's a go that's that's what i because like i do. feel like if you're stuck out somewhere hiking accidents happen while you're hiking or whatever and you have yeah. this tiny little light backpack in your stuff yeah then you you won't go crazy yeah. just being bored or you have something that sustains you and keeps you alive until you're found which exactly. is exactly um on that note, um, for more of the outdoors, there's this thing called a Reco satellite chip okay. or a goldfish tracking chip. Yeah. You will not get lost. Like, <gasps> I, I promise you. They will they will find you. In, they, it, can get, it can get to a point because it's, it's a signal it's using and it's, it's more a ping. It can, it can get within inches of where you are. Amazing. So, yeah. So... If you do get lost with this yeah. thing, it's it's actually impressive. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's the that's the first aspect of home in the bag is is making the shelters, and we're also making backpacks. Mm-hmm. So what the backpacks will do is brand the shelter part about it, but they will also give you the most up to date information on any disaster that takes place globally. Cool. So just by having a backpack like this one, yeah. or a suitcase, yeah. or um, a laptop bag or any any just any backpack you can think of. We have um, a QR code that's built into each of our units that take you to um, that or that connects you directly to our database. Right. So you can go, oh, there was a hurricane in Puerto Rico. I wonder how they're doing. And now you can see exactly how much houses got destroyed, how much money was meant to make it rebuild, and you can see exact. You can get the most up to date information on any disaster zone that takes place globally, and you can choose. Um, different organizations you want to donate to, and is that through like benevity? Um, it, it's, it could be it could be a benevity model, yeah. But essentially, it is the backpacks are the are the links to the buildings and the people that were displaced, right? So by and one of our social models, which isn't it could be a selling point, but it isn't the point. The point is at the end of the year, we're going to take a percent of the money that we make, and then we're going to Use that to build a structure, yeah, or a group of structures, depending on how much money we're able to. For disaster relief. Yeah. So cool. instead of instead of going to the NGOs, we're going to go directly to the places that are destroyed, and we're going to give them the money so that they can rebuild their. Or we're going to buy the business, um, the materials, and pay for the labor so that people can like get their structures rebuilt. Are we going to put that then onto our database so we can say, well, we started in. 2020, and we've been able to rebuild 60 homes. Right. A thousand homes, and over a period of time, you can actually see how much your impact by 
purchase in our product because because of the brand, we can sell socks. Right. Like it'd be a specific, real eco-friendly socks that you can wear. This is not and this is this is not a, a hypothetical. It's an actual socks that is you can wear for about. Uh, I don't want to stretch it too far, but you can wear it for a month and a, a couple of weeks without having any. Um, it's it's antimicrobial. Yeah, so, so there's like silver. Yeah, in it doesn't it. smell yeah. at all. Yeah, like you can, and we'll sell those socks. Oh, that's cool. And then when you buy that, the the percent goes into our pool where we can then purchase it. But our socks as well will have the QR code, so you can see all the bills and keep you up to date. And then we'll have jackets and products. So we want to use the brand as a way to generate the awareness, right. raise the revenue so that then we can have a, a, an actual impact. I, I don't want to go, oh, yeah, we raised $100,000 in donations and then nothing happened. <laughs> I want to go, yeah. okay, well, we sold a million backpacks right. and then we built a thousand homes. Right. So now we can scale that upwards and say the more we sell, the more we'll build. And because we're actually looking at the database on how to build buildings, we're more effective at rebuilding because we know exactly how it breaks. Right. Um, so can we like bring it back into the rainforest? What kind of things brought you out to the rainforest to begin with? Going to the rainforest was the RPG slash if I make this it's gonna have an effect that's gonna cause another effect, another effect. I was told Rainforest was a place to go. Yeah. The, com- the Venture Quest started, that was the name of the competition I entered. Thank you, Craig Elias, you've been so instrumental in my life. You probably would never know how instrumental you were in my life. But yeah, <laughs> Craig Elias, the orange shirt guy, runs Venture Quest, and he's pretty much changed my life in a, such a big way. Venture Quest started, and then I was told, go, to rainforest. So I accepted the uh, mission or the quest <laughs> and I went your to rainforest. Superhero on your way right? to the rainforest. <laughs> Literally went to rainforest <laughs> and I did the awkward introduction. After the awkward introduction, someone came up, talked to me, and then that happened the next week and the next week and the next week. But every time I would go, I would talk to Pete LaFonte. Yeah. Or Peter. And the first time I went, I had these, oh gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Was <laughs> Seeing your growth. Yeah. I had, I had a picture, a picture. It was a drawing on my notebook when I was still in Bow Valley College of how it would look. Right. And I showed him. And he, he's like, what is, what is that? <laughs> what is this garbage? Right? Like, like, literally. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> kind of like, yo, that's cool. I think you got there, man. Good luck. <laughs> And then he gave me some advice. I used it. He didn't probably think I was going to come back, but I came back and it wasn't a drawing anymore. It was a 3D rendering. <gasps> He's like, oh, huh. Well <laughs> got, some, got some, <laughs> but it's still like, well, get that out of my face. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see shelter. But then he's still like, he's such a positive guy. He gave me more feedback that probably didn't think I was going to use. And then I did. And I came back with a, with a tiny, tiny model. model. And I showed him how it would work. And then over a period of time, Rainforest has been the light. It's, it's almost been, so it started at Rainforest. I stopped, as soon as I went to Rainforest, I stopped looking at it as a competition. I'm more about um, what entrepreneurship is. And then it's just literally been building from Heiko Peters mm-hmm. to Kai Constantini mm-hmm. 
they literally took it and they looked at it and they kind of just in a uh, hundred ninja innovations. Okay. Like 1000 ninjas is, is what their, the thing was, it was an old rainforest um, like, program. Okay. Yeah. It's where you would have a concept, then they would put it on a wall and they would have a group of people ask you to pitch it. <gasps> and then they will look at different markets and, they would see where you were at and they would rank it as in a viability kind of thing. Okay. And they gave us a pretty high mark. So that gave me some confidence that we actually had something. Yeah. And then we started building things. And yeah, Rainforest has been instrumental in every single step. It kind of helps give you motivation yeah. to continue this flighty it's, project. <laughs> it's the consistency of having my imagination validated on a weekly basis. I oh, kept it going. Yeah. So like I have this in my mind. It's only real to me, but then it becomes real to somebody else. Yeah. And then their enthusiasm makes it more believable to me. Yeah. So I do more and then they get more. And then that feedback took three years. Like all I've been doing for the past three years is talking, somewhat being a climate change evangelist, but more thinking in the sense of we've never worked together as a society once. So we're not going to spend the next 12 years fixing the oil and energy crisis right. before the cascade takes place where hurricanes are a norm, wildfires are a norm, earthquakes are a norm. So what we could do is look at that's the next 10 years of the weather. So we need to build the next 20 years of buildings that can stand up to the weather. Right. And that we don't need a large body. We just need one person who's willing to say, well, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have you have a house that is able to withstand a Category 5 hurricane. Right. Or depending on the location, a wildfire. And make these things so that if one happens, you're the only building left standing. And then the conversation can go, maybe we should just look at what we could fix because the weather will change regardless of if we want it to yeah. or not. Yeah. So we can, we can essentially try to try to play, play in a symbiotic way. And that's, that's the, that's the reason I still come out because it could be real fatalist. Like they're, they're, they're telling me stuff like, it's the, it's the sixth extinction level event. And if you actually look at the data where we're, we're beat by beat or on par, like literally every step and event that's taking place with um, uh, the Bronze Age collapse mm -hmm. is happening right now. Like drought, natural disaster, plagues and war mm. all simultaneously occurring. In a in a in a mesh of connected economies. Yeah. So Middle Persia and Greece and Sparta and Egypt, they were all like this in their economy. And then simultaneously, all of these natural events started taking place. Like the the Bronze Age was around the bubonic plague, or like the yeah. yeah, and that that went in turned into the Black Plague and went to Europe and it just crushed everybody. Everything. Yeah, yes. and that's taking place right now. Like we might not have a bubonic plague. But we have the mongering of the coronavirus. Yeah. And it's just so. so if there's not one thing, it's something. Yeah. And it's, it's always going to happen. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's happening more frequently. Yeah. And that can be concerning. But now what we can do is say, OK, well, we can insulate ourselves from the weather. Yeah. Just and then we'll figure yourself. out all the other stuff. Yeah. So the goal is in the next 10 years to essentially make a, a family dwelling. Mm. 
to have vegetation, power, and um, sewage treatment all in one. So it's an it's a closed capsule. Interesting. So the there will be a garden on it. Like that's what we're working on right now. Like Home in a Bag provides temporary um, shelter. Shelter. Yeah. But we're making shelter that doesn't need our temporary shelter. Okay. Like that's where we're looking at the past twenty years of buildings breaking in the United States. Yeah. So that we can build a structure to not break. Amazing. But then it also has to have the ability to feed a family of four for a year. Right. That's where the, the food production inside of it comes down. We're going to use the compost from that to then use as a power supply and have a, a microgrid turn plugs into other renewables so that in the event something happens, you don't have to worry about your communications because it's it's not attached to the grid. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about your food because it's it's very, very local. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about your water because that doesn't get connected. Everything is is very modular so that we can say we don't need to have major um, legislation changes. We just need to build one house and we can build them with the building codes. Yeah. But everything is supposed to be encapsulated in. And they're watching it on satellite. Like there's an iceberg literally the size of Paris, France that is floating into the South Sea and and it's going to melt. And there's a model that's predicting like the water level is going to rise by like three and a half feet in the next like two and a half years. And just all that can happen. So Fun. Yeah. Fun times. Like, <laughs> might as well stay hopeful and talk about home in a bag because like it just gets really depressing sometimes like yeah but if you're prepared then yeah. some of that depression is yeah. alleviated that anxiety is like, not it's not on your mind up. so like, i love it like literally so from what i understood home in a bag kind of started out as like a solution for homelessness, homelessness. Yeah. and then it kind of evolved into this disaster relief yeah. yeah because that is the homeless model that doesn't have a lot of litigation behind it mm. Yeah, there's a lot of red tape when you're dealing with um, homelessness because there's certain legality aspects, there's certain health aspects. It's still an industry we're looking into because um, I my heart got connected to the homeless population in Calgary. Right. Because in VentureQuest, all I did was talk to homeless people about how it was in their customer discovery. And because of their insights, we were able to design it in a way where it's um, easy to escape from because... Homeless people get raided at night when they're sleeping outside, and it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, it has so, to be safe. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it's 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 meant to. Yeah, it's just I I wish like I wish it could have just been like a bag. Here's a backpack. This this essentially has all the stuff you'll need to sleep at night. Yeah, and then you can go about trying to find a job in the daytime. Yeah, because it's really not like. <laughs> I I don't know if you're religious, but being homeless is the closest thing I can akin to hell. Yeah. But then the crazy part about that statement is um, we turn into the demons for those homeless people. Because you're not helping. Yeah, you're yeah. not helping. And some of them get and abused. Stepping in the way. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were even saying, like, sometimes you have the flame games and people get really drunk. And they're sleeping and it's cold and they just don't even want to be bothered. And then a drunk guy will just come pee on them. <gasps> What? Yeah, that's it. Like in Calgary, that's like an average. Or like, that's disgusting. Or like a group of guys like going bar hopping would just like pick a fight with a homeless guy. Like, because so, they're all riled up on their energy yeah, and alcohol like, or whatever they're yeah. taking. And yeah. He probably, he, probably, he, he probably asked them for money. And then, you know, one interaction adds just to turns another into and then a, snowballs into yeah, awfulness. Whole oh. fight. So then, yeah, I got very attached to that side of the population. And now, I think it's still a big issue, but it's not an issue that um, 
I have the network or resources to deal with. Mm -hmm. I do have a shelter that works. I've actually slept in it for 45 nights. And then I I used it for three months in Kananaskas. Okay. And I felt safer in the wilderness with coyotes and grizzly bears. Like I would wake up and there would be like something bear over traps there. <laughs> and all these other signs of predators that could kill me. Yeah. Felt safer out there for three months than 45 nights downtown Calgary. I can imagine. Yeah, that to be was honest. an experience. Wow. I, that was an experience. I mean, even <laughs> I walk down the streets at night in Calgary and I'm like, mm, yeah. maybe not. I don't know what that I don't I know what that means. Get back inside. <laughs> I don't know what that if that's a good sign about where things are with society. I know. <laughs> I have heard though crazy, from man. another podcast that I listened to that there are incidents that happen in small towns more than they do in a big, big, big metropolis. In what city. sense? Incidents. So, like incidents, it, the idea was behind like you know your kids being safe on the streets. Okay. Uh, so many people are jaded that you know, oh, I live in a small town of like you know a couple hundred people or a couple thousand people, and there's more incidents of like you know kidnapping or whatever oh, wow. in those small areas as opposed Is to like the, the big big city hmm. that's a shocker yeah because yeah the the you just don't know where yeah. i think what i'm getting at is you just don't know the people around you doesn't matter if you're in a big city or whatnot yeah. if you're in the wilderness then like okay it's a bear yeah <laughs> but people are unpredictable too right yeah. Yeah. at least if you know it's a bear you're you're probably you know gonna get like mauled react. yeah like, yeah and you can you can you can do preventative measures to not even have that interaction yeah but it comes with the fact that a bear cannot give you a disingenuous smile. That's it. Yeah, a bear can't go, hi, how's it going? It's a creepy smile. <laughs> Let's be friends. But yeah. in actual reality, like, I'm about to maul you. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> that is the concern because we can hide our intentions and yeah. people don't really know what they're dealing with until they have to deal with Which it. Which adds but. on to your whole talk about, you know, yeah. the people in downtown yeah. dealing with drunken rowdy people yeah. being jerks. Yeah. Uh, and it can... It, it gets like it gets it gets so sensitive for me yeah. because we've been evangelizing entrepreneurship for a while. Right. I would say from the dot com um, era, mm -hmm. it's just been if you're not an entrepreneur, you're not doing something with your life because yeah. it's the new economy and disruption and all of these things. But we have no system in place for the people who are risking their financial freedom to do the thing that we're making so cool. So we're going yeah. into schools and we're telling kids, this is the path to go. And when they go down that path and they realize how hard that path actually it's is, super hard. they're now the ones who are in a position where they can end up being homeless. Yeah. So it's actually helping our youth who we're pushing into this path yes. to actually survive. Yes. Essentially. It's like, um, here's your backup plan just in case. Is it, but it's, it's not, I'm not even getting at the, 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 the use case for our product. Right. I'm getting at that's the reality. It so is. let's say home in the bag does not exist, right? Right. The likelihoods of entrepreneurs becoming homeless is way greater than not becoming homeless because it's unpredicted. Yeah. You don't actually know if the thing you're spending seven years to get an, a meaningful return on investment with entrepreneurship takes seven years. Okay. And that's not including the many years prior to that investment. Right. So the likelihood of you're actually able to sustain yourself for those 14 years, let's just say, yeah. is very, very high. And usually people don't realize that there's some 
outlandish that about 90% of all startups fail. Right. So if that's the case and you spend your entire savings, let's say you're a 46 year old person who decided that they had this new breakthrough concept and they took their savings and they mortgaged the house and then it doesn't work. Right. Where do you go from there? Right. Despite your best effort for uh, that 14 year period and despite all your hope and despite all your faith in people rallying to a good cause, none of that matters. You're homeless. And now there's no structure to actually get back because you're <laughs> you're so far outdated of the job market and the skill set that you don't even know how to apply for a job. And yeah, just, getting a job in like, general is difficult, let alone getting a having job and, yeah. trying to fill in those blanks on your resume is also probably yeah. The like worst. what did, what were you doing for the past seven years? Exactly. I was building this thing and I was doing customer discovery. And, oh, so you're like, a dreamer. That guy doesn't yeah, get hired. Yeah, yeah not. <laughs> happening and uh, that that's been bugging me it's actually been one of those things where like we really have no solutions for that and right it almost seems like we're pushing a large part of our population into the meat grinder like yeah hey entrepreneurship go get them <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening so I, I don't know it's and it's such a huge reality today with it's a tough world to live in right now it's crazy whether you're an entrepreneur Sorry. or not so yeah awesome is there anything else that you would like to add before we sign off? Because we're basically uh, done. Wow. I know. That uh, yeah, it got a little right? heavy, like the whole homeless, homeless thing. But we see your passion yeah. and exactly where you're coming from and what your hopes are yeah. for for your your business, essentially, yeah. and your product. And my hope is thank you. Like, yes. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't know. I I think we're gonna make it. Like I'm not. I'm not too pressed about the whole end world ending kind of thing. <laughs> the world's always ending. It's we're always gonna be ending. fine. Like, yeah. We're gonna be fine. I mean, 2012 came. Yeah. 2012 came and went. Right? Yes, and I was singing the movies, and I was like, I thought it was gonna be a big flood. Mind calendars. What's going on? Yeah. Let down. Maybe happen. it was 2020. They were talking. Oh, about maybe. Who the, knows? We got, the, <laughs> got a little wrong. <laughs> Math is hard, like guys. Math is rough. hard. <laughs> we are off by like nine years. It's 2020. We're <laughs> You're all gonna die, but um, no, I'm I'm blessed to have a a foundation like Rainforest, and I will continue to evangelize for the grassroots movements and yeah, yeah, trying to make it to that 800 margin so it could be like Silicon Valley with six degrees of separation and yeah, all that economical growth stuff. It's what I actually live for. I, I love it. Good. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us yeah. today on the Leaders Innovators Big Ideas podcast. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Um, you can go on homeinabag.com. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's everything. That's it. Amazing. Yeah. I hope you had a great time because I did. I, I definitely had a great time. Excellent. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Bye. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was sponsored by Workhouse, bright and inspiring co-working spaces that fuel productivity and cultivate creativity. The way you were meant to work, make Workhouse Core the new home for your business. The audio for this episode was professionally edited by Kate Day with KD Sound Design. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. 
Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.